podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Go on! Go on! Sometimes longer isn't better. So if you're looking for a fantasy NFL game that doesn't last all season, try Paddy Power Fantasy. Every game week is a season in itself. Try it for free on our super short, super free contest on this Sunday's 6pm games. The top 1,500 customers in the contest win a prize with £1,000 for first place. Search Paddy Power Fantasy to pick your team. Paddy Power Fantasy. Hate waiting, love winning. Paddy Power Fantasy rules apply. Teamplusbgumbleaware.org. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show in association with Paddy Power Fantasy. Happy Friday, everybody. Good to have you with us as we roll into week three of the NFL. Delighted to say that Phoebe Schechter in the house this week, back from coaching in Buffalo, up to all kinds of good stuff over here in the UK. Always great to catch up with Phoebe. We'll hear from her very soon. Find out all about her time with Coach McDermott and the Bills all about what she's up to now and of course we'll be picking those week three games i'll be going head to head with phoebe and inevitably i will probably lose that uh don't forget tomorrow saturday our daily fantasy pod with me and the og ollie Geal. if you're playing daily fantasy get involved with that and follow us on social media at the nc show facebook instagram twitter and get involved with the conversation there right then so much to get into with phoebe so let's get to it Phoebe Schechter, great to see you. Great to see you as well. Now, a lot of our listeners are going to know all about you, but the new listeners this season, of course, we moved to ESPN, so there are going to be some people that don't know the journey that you've been on, uh, spending the last 12 months with the Buffalo Bills. What an extraordinary year you must have had. Yeah, it's been incredible, and it's exciting now to see them doing so well. Uh, I feel so fortunate to be a part of an incredible organization like the Bills, and to be back here with you now, because I came and visited you last year you during our bye week. You this time last year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was during the bye week, so almost exactly 12 months. Well, we're going to get into all of that as well and find out what you're up to uh, back in Blighty uh, as well. We've got our week three picks to do too, so you're prepared for that, right? Absolutely. You're going you're gonna to kick my behind undoubtedly on that, but I'll do my best to keep up with this. So we'll get into week three stuff most importantly of all though just before we started recording today here at espn hq we discovered that uh you got a pretty decent uh english accent you were dropping it you were even dropping a kind of <laughs> dropping, was it a scouse accent you were doing i went or? for a little bit of a scouse accent yes <laughs> um, <laughs> i can do the queen's english that's about that. it let's hear that Oh, would you like to go to the pub later? Beautiful work. That's beautiful work. <laughs> I, so uh, we work out which of our accents is least realistic. So okay. my American accent is very generic. Very generic. I mean, does it sound like I'm just from a place that doesn't exist in America? Or <laughs> I mean, I want to say that, but they could surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't deep south. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think we agreed the accents we will work on. So this yeah. time next year when we hook up again, yeah. let's improve those. Okay, and we'll on those. <laughs> um, I want to start with the Buffalo Bills. So firstly, an exciting time for them uh, as a franchise having, you know, that's a great franchise, isn't it? It was steeped in history, but have had some pretty lean years recently. But it seems like things are on the up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so they got to the playoffs two years ago now, which was the first time in 17 years. Uh, and that was Coach McDermott's first year. So it was a big statement for him. And then the second year, the second year is always a bit tough because there's a lot of expectations put on you doing so well the year before. Uh, you're also in a position where you start taking those players who perhaps had been ingrained in the program before and starting to change the mentality and the culture. So now year three for him, 
it's, uh, well, as you can see, we're doing all right, to be honest. Let's talk about that mentality and culture, because he's, uh, you know, one of the younger head coaches in the NFL. And I guess because of the success Sean McVay's had in particular, they're often, and maybe it's because they share the same first name as well. (laughs) The real deep dive there. But they do tend to get compared quite a lot. And, And in a way, I suppose that probably benefits Coach McDermott in that, you know, he goes under the radar a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's had some really great mentors along the way. Um, Ron Rivera from the Panthers, Andy Reid, and guys that he's really, he just learned from the ground up. And a lot of people use that word culture. And actually, how do you describe that? How do you get a team to completely buy into what you're trying to put forward? And for him, it's not just the team. At the beginning, when he first came into head coach role, he got the entire building. So including your ticketing, your media, everyone together, and he let them know, this is who we are and this is what we're going to do going forward. And I think when you can get that buy-in from everybody that's around you, it's really important to have a longevity. And then you see the community of all of Buffalo now, because he really instills in his players and the coaches, go out there, help the community. These are the people that are going to be there fighting for us every Sunday. Fascinating to hear that. I mean, I'm, it echoes of Bill Walsh, for example, you know, who, yeah. who advocate absolutely the same thing that, of course, it starts with the, the, the 53 man roster, the coaching staff, but it has to extend to every single person in that building has to understand what we're, what we're all about. What about your personal journey then coaching with the Bills? Talk a bit about that and, and the experience and, and the key things you took away from it. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been so fortunate to be predominantly with tight ends and with coach Rob Boris. Some people remember him from Hard Knocks from the Rams. You saw him leaving and arriving at Buffalo. And for me, he has been the best mentor I could have ever imagined. He has taught me so much in terms of preparation, how to care about the players, not just in a get on the field and do your job, but you need to care about them as people and how you go about doing that at an elite level when you need to get the best from them, but at any point they could possibly go. Um, so he's been fantastic. He just kept building me up in terms of giving me more responsibilities. It can be a bit intimidating at times yeah, when but- you're dealing with people who have perhaps been in the NFL or just been around American football for so long. But for example, in OTAs, he had me installing all of the offensive playbook for all of our rookies. Um, unfortunately for us, we lost some of our veteran players to injury, but actually for me, that was fantastic because all my rookie players then got the most amount of reps right. that you could ever imagine uh, through OTAs. So just, you must build up a real bond there as well and get really attached. Oh my gosh, yeah. So even last year, we had Charles Clay and him and I still chat all the time. And we had Jason Kroom who had stayed over uh, from last year. So the new guys have come through, just kind of being on that journey with them and watching them kind of grow and take their first few steps, get involved in their first game. I mean, there's so much pressure on them and they handle it so well for being in this completely new world. So yeah, it feels like family really, and especially tight ends, you know, there's only four of us right. in that room. So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a family I'm, I'm missing, but it's fantastic to watch them on Sundays. Let's talk about Josh Allen in particular, because he is a player that really excites me. And again, I think because he was so prolific on the ground and with his legs last season, perhaps underestimated as a, as a complete quarterback. And we know that can be a, a dangerous position to take, right? Uh, do you think people are underestimating Josh Allen and can you see him having worked closely with him as one of these quarterbacks that is going to be a franchise quarterback, a, a top quarterback in the NFL for 10, 12, 15 years? 
Yeah, absolutely. So Josh is a fantastic person. And at the same time, he's only 21 years right. old. So it's a lot on him. I forget this. He's 21 years old. So much on his shoulders. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he has had a, he had some growing pains last year, which were present in terms of trying to throw that 60 yard long pass when you had a 10 yard check down in front of you. Um, which rookie quarterback hasn't had growing pains? Exactly. Peyton Manning had growing pains. Oh my gosh, exactly. And, and that's part of, that's part of your initiation into the league. I mean, defenses were throwing crazy looks at him. We had one team we played where they were doing a Tampa two and the corner ended up dropping to be the Tampa two player. And it just, as a rookie, that's a lot going on. Yeah. But I mean, he it's has speed that rookies. You saying you're working closely with them. Speed seems to be the single most challenging factor about the upgrade from college to NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll find that even with our international, our player pathway players, right. that the speed at which it all happens, because these guys have been doing it for such a long time, it's a bit overwhelming at time. But actually, if you look at Josh this year, he is second fastest quarterback in the league, huge on him. But he now doesn't only just run with the ball, he can make these passes and he's threading the needle, which are, it's so impressive. It's just great to see him mature as much as he has. And he really has taken on the responsibility of being the quarterback, but becoming the franchise quarterback that Buffalo so desperately want him to be. Let's talk about that element of leadership as well, because different quarterbacks approach it in, in different ways. You get the kind of old school, good old boy style, you know, Brett Favre, uh, you get quite calm and composed characters that aren't necessarily the most vocal, but they do their work on the field. Where does Alan fit in that spectrum of different styles of quarterbacks? So he's definitely getting more into, he's, he's vocal definitely with the guys, but he is, because he's like a big kid, he gets everyone around him excited. He gets so uh, just exuberant over the idea that someone else has scored and he wants to be involved in all of those celebrations. He wants to be thinking of what new little celebration we can have together. And it's great to have that sort of energy. He brings a very different level of energy. And it's not just with the offense. When the defense are doing great things, he's over with them. And everybody in that building respect him. And they just love his character. Mm. So the future, as we said at the top, is, is looking bright for Buffalo. How deep do you think they can go this season? I'm I'm seeing playoffs. I, I mean, let's just put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even blink. I didn't even blink. No, I mean, the fact they've, this is the first time they've won all their preseason games. And I know that's not a great example, but 2-0 and so far. They've got the Bengals this weekend, which we'll chat about later. And right, I'm pretty clear who you're going to pick for that yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Patriots are in their division, of course, which is its own conversation. But it's a wild card, but definitely doable. Absolutely. And I think that they have the DNA, but they have the drive and the hunger to get back to the playoffs again. I I absolutely think they can do it. Spoken like a true Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Bill's Mafia. <laughs> so Phoebe, coaching in the NFL is a, is a challenge at the best of times, but going into a coaching role in the NFL as a woman, when quite evidently there aren't many women in the NFL, must have added a whole heap of extra pressure, responsibility, and all kinds of different dimensions. Yeah. So to be honest, I think a lot of the pressure I put on myself more than anyone, because I knew that whatever I did would reflect then on any other females that were trying to get into that position or get into an NFL organization. And the stakes were high then in terms of everybody coming after you. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to make a great example and I want others to be able to have opportunities. And so for me, that was probably the biggest pressure putting on myself. The rest of it, I think, 
comes down to the organization you're with. And being with the Buffalo Bills was the best decision I could have ever made and been a part of because they were already had a female owner. There are so many females in the building already as athletic trainers that it just felt natural to have a female there. The players on the team didn't think twice about it. And I think when that's an easy transition like that, you don't even think about the fact that you're a female. You're just a coach who's there to help get people better. And for me, I was very open about the fact that I wanted to help develop myself as well. Do you think that is an issue in, in the NFL, that there are progressive organizations and there are less progressive organizations? We were chatting to Brittany Gilman on, on the show, who's an agent now, but back in the day uh, was on Pete Carroll's coaching team at USC, you know, yeah. uh, and Pete Carroll, again, obviously a very progressively minded forward thinking character, Seattle as a franchise are as well. I'm not expecting you to, to name names, but do you think that is evident that there are going to be at the moment anyway, a collection of franchises in the NFL that are more open to progressive ideas than others? I think that's going to be natural, just like any other business. And until there are enough females that have come through the ranks and kind of tested the waters, people aren't willing to take that risk yet. But if you think you can open up that pool by 10% or whatever it may be to females or other minorities, well, how much better could your organization be? And I think for people like the Bills and Buccaneers and and, um, the Seahawks, that's what they've done. And they think, well, we aren't looking at everybody as potential. We need to open up our pool and think uh, this person would be fantastic for us and this person will help us win games. Let's talk about what happens next then. And you, you, we've got the Rooney rule in Wisconsin and the NFL for a number of years because coaching staff from ethnic minorities were not being given, they weren't being given opportunities. That was evident just statistically. And the Rooney rule, I guess, divides opinion on how effective it has been. The sentiment is absolutely the right one how effective it has been there seems to be two sides of that argument do you think that to further women in the nfl a similar application needs to happen there needs to be i guess um an edict that comes in that gradually starts uh, to encourage front office and nfl owners to be looking at least at the application level uh, at a wider pool of candidates Yeah. And that's a great first step, right? To take in more applicants and just look at them on face value, what their skill sets are. For me, going through the Bill Walsh fellowship was a fantastic foot in the door. But once you're in there, it's all about proving yourself and proving that you belong there just as much as anyone else. A lot of times, because females haven't had that same experience that most men have had, whether it be they've played their whole life or their father was a coach, that's actually changing now. So we've got a lot more females at high school and college level who are within either coaching or athletic trainers. And that will make a really big difference because if you look even further down the line, little girls who see that think I can achieve that one day. And my whole thing is if you can see her, you can be her. And that's a really huge kind of powerful platform for people nowadays. Did the fact that you played have a positive impact in terms of how the players initially responded to you? Yeah. So my first year I was with the DBs and I had coach Gil Bird and uh, he's got sons in the league. He's been around for quite some time now. And he ended up taking my uh, not only American football video, but my Kabaddi video because it's all about tackling and showing it to the players. And they they were cheering. They were like, <laughs> oh, she can tackle better than some of you guys. <laughs> right. So it was fantastic, definitely, to have that kind of 
I guess, platform where they felt I've been there, I've done that, and I'm not afraid. Um, even in scout team, you know, I would be on the scout team against the offense as a defensive player. And they were like, oh, she's strong. She does this. She and, it, yeah. yeah. And I think it's good to build that kind of reputation with each other. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, if a male coach hadn't ever played the game, um, but can demonstrate he can develop a player and make them better that's usually accepted or they're always I guess a collection of players that are going to have resistance to that coach aren't they because they think he's never played doesn't really know what he's talking about so it's interesting to flip that as well and that you found it was a positive thing that you had experience playing the game and you can play the game yeah absolutely and I know even coach McDermott would say I've never made it to level that you guys are playing at but I've played at this level and this is how I can relate or Really, when you get to that level, it's about how can you coach? How can you teach and get information across more than anything else? Because if you look at some of the NFL coaches, they've moved around to different positions that they've probably never coached before. And they're not going to be looked down upon because they've not coached that or played that position. It's how do I now digest all the information I need and then deliver it to you so that you can perform it on Sundays? In terms of the gender question... Does it frustrate you a little bit as well that you don't, whilst I know you, you, you see it as a real honor being a trailblazer and uh, and really embrace that responsibility, does it slightly frustrate you that, that it is applied and you just want to be considered as a coach and, uh, you know, as a player and that gender should have nothing to do with it? Yeah. And I think one day that will happen. For me, it was more of that imposter syndrome at first where I felt there's so many other people here that or deserve to be here and have been in the sport for so long that I didn't feel like I belonged or I hadn't earned it yet. But the fact that I've been through the ranks for this many years now and, and have been asked back and brought on for the season, I think that's the, the proof is in the pudding really for that. But it's just more, I guess, going forwards, we want to get more females involved, but you want to put the right females in place. And I know the NFL, they have someone called Samantha Rappaport and she works in diversity and inclusion. And her role is literally to find the right people and help put them in the right roles. Um, so people like Katie Sowers, who's now with 49ers, uh, Coach Lowe, who's with the Tampa Bay Bucks, Callie Bronson. These are all girls that have come through that same program who have gone through the interview processes and have been kind of tested and tried in all these different ways to make sure that they're going to be the right person to represent all the other females and open up more doors. What does the NFL look like, say, in 20, 25 years in this respect, do you think? I think we'll have our first female head coach by then. Absolutely. And I think it won't be such a stigma to have females or other minorities involved in the coaching, but in other roles as a, as a GM, we need right. our first female GM. Right. And I think that's a lot closer than we're anticipating. Um, again, there's a lot of people that are behind the scenes working in these roles or interning in these roles. And all of a sudden they're just going to come to the surface. And I'm so excited to see that. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Phoebe Schechter, let's get into our week three picks. So we established something before we, we started recording in the studio. Uh, obviously, you're going to be ridiculously competitive here. Absolutely. I need to win whatever it is I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not going to be too difficult. Um, before we get into Sunday's games, uh, Thursday night football, of course, and we're recording this on a Friday here at ESPN HQ, uh, a disappointing night for the Titans. And Mariotta in particular was absolutely murdered by, by the Jags front seven. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
Kelly Campbell was insane. I think he had four sacks alone. It was like the O-line were like a sieve. It was horrible to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I appreciate the defense completely, but Mariota had no options. Yeah, because that's a, that is a really good point that if you look at someone like Deshaun Watson, and he even admits this himself, a number of the sacks are on him. He's hanging on to the ball for too long. In Mariota's case, most of those weren't on him. I know he's got the, the yips a little bit. His confidence really isn't there. But that lie did nothing to help him. On the flip side, where are you on Gardner Minshew? You a fan? Uh, I am actually. Yeah, I a lot think of people seem to be buying into Gardner. I know. He's got this I, real buzz about him. Yeah, and I watch a few just kind of interviews with him. I really like his personality. He just wants to work, and I think learning about his story as well. You know, he's not had an easy road by right. any means, and for him to come out there and just dominate and own that first game like he'd been there all along this i was really impressed there are certain players that that seem to do that even if what they're actually doing isn't necessarily at the level yet they have an air about them right baker mayfield is one of those in a different kind of way exactly. he just straight away looked like you fit in here you are gonna be fine yeah and other players you're not so sure about because irrespective of what they're actually doing on the field that the air about them and i, I guess when you're a young player you know we were talking about the challenge of coming in as a backup quarterback it's difficult the best of times but when you're thrust into a game in the middle of it talk about that a bit because you know you do a lot in that space as well preparing mentally uh, for you know for uh, elite performance I've always been fascinated by backup quarterbacks in particular that have to come in in the middle of a game particularly young quarterbacks and rookie quarterbacks how they get ready for it yeah absolutely and a lot of what we say is work whilst you wait so you have to basically go to every game as if you're about to start the game and that's the only way you can really fully prepare for it Um, but we offer with the bills we offer a lot of services like sports psychology to give you tools to better prepare Um, what kind of thing so i mean because it's easy that sounds good in theory right but what you know so what if you're a backup quarterback for example what are you because it's an interesting role because you're there supporting the starter a lot you're watching a lot you're pointing stuff out almost in a coaching you know mechanic so that's where the veteran and the young quarterback dynamic works really well in that respect but how do you how do you practice to put that into practice so a lot of it comes down to yourself in terms of the visualization literally imagining that exact scenario maybe we're in the second quarter and your first string's gone down and now you have to go into the game that is a really powerful tool to use but then in practice it's for the coaches and head coach to help make the schedule so that okay we're going to say in this period we won't tell the quarterbacks we'll let the oc and everyone know that actually so and so's down you have to go in and literally practicing those scenarios interesting okay absolutely because if you've done it once then hopefully it should be a bit easier i know there's a story about um michael phelps his trainer used to without him knowing crack his goggles so that when he'd be in the middle of a swim his like eyes would fill up with water and he'd have to practice that and then in one of the olympics it happened in that olympics and in the same thing with the goggles and he knew how to handle it because he'd already been there and done that oh that's so interesting really interesting we've uh, just put a five aside team together of uh of grizzled veterans so i need uh i might i might be hitting you up on whatsapp for some uh <laughs> visualization <laughs> tips visualization. <laughs> to, how to, to get the ball on target would probably be a good start there all right so uh, a win for the jags and uh back in business uh you would think at jacksonville and all this talk of maybe eli might go there and uh are they gonna bring a quarterback in i reckon they're gonna gonna definitely uh uh back Gardner by the look of it for the foreseeable future aren't they 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fact that he has come in as a backup and is able to already gain the respect of his teammates, yeah. I mean, that's huge. And you can see the fan base. They've already got their mustaches. Yeah, and- it's going wild. Yeah, <laughs> loving that. Uh, all right. So uh, we both picked the Jags then, of course, didn't we, last night? So the- <laughs> we both want to know. On to, I think, uh, what is undoubtedly one of the games uh, of the weekend and uh, arguably one of the games of uh, the season so far, the Cleveland Browns hosting the L.A. Rams. Jared Goff taking on uh, Baker Mayfield. The Rams off to a perfect start, of course, and uh, looking uh, very much as though they picked up where they left off last season. Cooper Cup uh, missing for such a key part of last season, of course, has demonstrated why Jared Goff relies on him so much, why Coach McVeigh values him so much. Gurley seems fine, doesn't seem to be any concerns there. Touch wood at the moment about his fitness. Of course, the game against the Saints uh, was completely affected by, by Drew Brees going out. So it's a difficult barometer. Um, but nevertheless, they look strong. The Browns, on the other hand, it's been Jekyll and Hyde. So week one, forget about it. Much more like the Browns we expected to see last week against the Jets. Yeah. Uh, and for me, I have to say, I think it's going to be the Rams on this one. I think they've got the experience. But the fact that for just throwing it out there, for Cooper Cup to come back after 10-month ACL recovery and become the number one receiver like that was yeah. just incredible. And you have to appreciate that level of talent. Um, and no I doubt. just, yeah, I think that coach McVay has so much faith in golf and he's grown so much as a quarterback as well that I, that duo alone will be damaged. <laughs> yeah, big time. What about the Mayfield Beckham duo that showed signs of course in week two, certainly of looking equally dangerous. Do you think that that is going to be enough with, you know, Chubb and the running game and obviously a, a defense that has playmakers on it to carry through what many people thought at the start of the season, get the Browns in, at least in the playoffs. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy to me because I feel like the Browns have such a pool of amazing players on their team and we're still looking for those pieces of the puzzle to all fit together. So right. like you said, we see those flashes of greatness and then we see the other side of it where you just think, come on. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but I mean, Baker Mayfield is a fantastic quarterback. He just makes things happen. Uh, and when you have a guy like OBJ who's able to catch these incredible footballs, I just don't know how he does it. <laughs> oh, I can't remember who it was I was listening to this week saying, I think it might be Adam Carolla, the great Adam Carolla. Listen to his podcast if you don't, by the way, saying Steph Curry and Odo Beckham Jr. have got a lot to answer for because kids all across America, all around the world, are now only trying to catch a ball with one hand because of Beckham and only trying to launch it from 50 yards on the court <laughs> because of Steph Curry. Absolutely. I mean, you ask any kid in the UK, oh, what American football player do you know? Odell Beckham. And they do the yeah, one hand the pose. One catch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk Ravens Chiefs, another cracking game, of course. The, the Ravens, difficult to work out because here they are two and a lot of buzz about them. Lamar Jackson certainly is um elevated his game to another level certainly uh, in terms of uh, the, his work as, as a pro I think college fans aren't surprised at how well he's playing so far this season but he's been playing or they have played two very vanilla sides in particular the Miami Dolphins of course but the Cardinals last week as well very much a work in progress so this is going to be their first test of the season obviously and then some against the Chiefs yeah absolutely I think this is going to be one of my most looking forward to games right. to be honest um, both of them are 2-0 and the Ravens have such an attitude about them anyways. Uh, I love their defense and I love what Lamar Jackson's doing. Like you said, he's really developed over this year, really. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do. But the Chiefs have been an all around. And I just, 
I think they've come in at a really high level, especially off the back of last year. And they've got a really nice synergy going. And for me, I think it has to be the Chiefs on this one. They're just so explosive. Uh, the Mahomes development's interesting because we're talking about Lamar Jackson developing. And, and that's just tangible, really, in, particularly in terms of obviously what he's achieving in the air. That was always the, the question mark that some critics were saying, oh, look, he's a great athlete, great on the ground, but has he got the right kind of arm and the right kind of smarts uh, to, to be uh, an NFL quarterback? Uh, and clearly he's, he's answered those critics, I think, in the first couple of weeks. Mahomes, an MVP season, but probably seems to be even better. He seems to, be, he seems to have taken it the next level. Yeah, absolutely. And which is what you wanted to see from him in the off season. Um, and just getting him in a routine with the guys and constantly throwing to his main targets. I just think he's really, he's just grown so much. And I think that it's going to be really big for this year. I mean, I, I can see them going pretty far this year overall, just with the setup that they have. Cause even their defense has been fantastic as well. We can't overlook that, right, sure. you know, which is a big step up from last year. Uh, they, uh, both teams, of course, are prone to giving up big plays, and that'll be interesting. So, a possible shootout here. You're going Chiefs? I'm going Chiefs. What about you? I'm taking Chiefs as well, in a thriller, though. I think yes. Chiefs in a thriller. And I think I didn't pick the last game. I'm taking Rams as well. So, we're, we're in too we're much so agreement. Far, so far, all right. We've got to find some area of difference. Let's go Raiders Vikings next. So, uh, the Raiders, of course, uh, started very strongly against the Chiefs last weekend. They were 10 up. Uh, before you could blink and then normal service was resumed in Kansas City in the end uh, blew them away uh, unsurprisingly uh, the Vikings had a heartbreaker dominating that game uh, uh, rather fighting back into the game against the Packers who had been dominating and really should have won it they left so many points on the table and Kirk Cousins under a lot of fire at the moment for that uh, interception when they're in uh, the red zone he's got a lot of criticism given the money he's been paid mm-hmm. and the fact that Vikings spent so much on him to take them to the next level, which he hasn't as yet managed to do, Phoebe. No. And the thing is, the Vikings have a few targets. You know, you've got your feeling out there. You've got Madison, who's got eight yards of carry at the moment. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of different weapons. Yeah. And I just, you want them again to be putting those pieces together. And I think this will be a resounding theme through the first four or so games um, for all of these teams. They're still trying to figure out their identity. You'll see there's a lot of missed tackles there's a lot of ball security issues penalty issues so i think once they trudge through that they'll be a great team again but right now they're just struggling and and that lateral they had i just thought oh my goodness just um, for obviously the benefit of uh, you at home just shaking my head as the moment you mentioned that and as i think everybody all around the world was looking at that and that is i guess frustrating for the vikings when they are such a talented bunch and a flattering to deceive. Two questions on this. Firstly, you know, we talked a bit earlier on about, about preseason and different teams adopt an approach, adopted uh, an approach to preseason, uh, and look at it in different ways. The Rams, for example, and Coach McVay doesn't seem to value preseason as much as maybe John Gruden and the Raiders, right? Uh, but is there a problem with a lack of reps from starters in preseason that means that inevitably they're going to have quite a sluggish start week one, week two of the NFL season? Yeah, and I guess some of that comes from each team has their own routine, really, right? So for us, it's crazy because our starters won't actually have full contact live until that first preseason game. And that's throughout OTAs, throughout training camp. I mean, that's a long time to not be taking somebody to the ground. And then even that, you know, they're only taken out after a few drives. So they do get minimal time. I guess a lot of it is you're relaying 
relying on their mental element of the game. So understanding the game and their rules. But I think all the team, especially looking at these first few games, could do with more tackling. Offense, defense, everybody needs more tackling. Uh, I couldn't agree more. So we're going on this one which way? Raiders-Vikings. So I actually said Vikings on this one. Mm. What did you think? I think as well. It's in Minnesota. Much of the Raiders, I think, are surprising people in. They're more competitive than perhaps people suspected. And, I, and, I, and that's good to see. Uh, because, you know, after the summer and the Antonio Brown thing and the hard knocks and a lot of people having a pop at Coach Gruden and they look quite dysfunctional. Uh, I like watching teams that have been slagged off and underestimated shutting up the haters, but I don't think they're going to do it this weekend. So I'm going Minnesota as well. Jets Patriots. Now, this is one of the, a number of games affected significantly by injury. The Jets now down to Luke Falk, their third stringer as of a week ago. Uh, Sam Darnold obviously out with Mono and Trevor Simeon, the backup, came in, then went out again. Uh, so Luke Falk is up against the Patriots in Foxborough. They racked up the score against Miami last weekend. Do you think it's going to be more of the same this time around? Uh, I think, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, I, I really like the Jets defense, for example. Like Jamal Adams is brilliant just to watch him and just see who he is as a person. Um, I know our tight ends are always saying that he's probably one of the mouthiest ones they have is to he? go against. Right. Um, but, but he backs I mean, it up. So. It, that's just it. And exactly. are they okay with that? Are players okay with that if... There is somebody who's a bit of a jabber jaw and, and gives the smack talk, but as long as they are serious ballers, they're fine with that. Exactly. Real respect's real. That's yes. how it usually works out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. So, uh, look, impossible situation really for, for Adam Gase and, and the Jets. I guess the interesting theory here is that um, Belichick and the Patriots, because Miami in Miami has been a bit of a bogey team and they've, he's got quite a bad recent record, that's why he didn't take his foot off the gas. There's a suggestion that if this is one-way traffic and the Patriots are into the you know third quarter and are comfortably ahead, that he might start benching some of the starters, and certainly Brady. That, uh, you think, makes sense with Brady because much like LeBron in, in the NBA and, and I guess to an extent Ronaldo in, in football, Brady's at that level now, at that age, uh, where he needs to be used cleverly doesn't he and I think some people were surprised he was in for so long against Miami but maybe it was a grudge thing going on there yeah absolutely and I think even with the Dolphins in particular a lot of these teams in the division have a grudge against them yes um but I mean I know these guys have veteran days off and like you said you have to protect these players because it's not even worth it keeping them in the game just in case you you think Drew Brees for example it's just a thumb but actually that's a huge difference to an entire season right let's go there so we're both picking Patriots I think unless we've completely lost uh, our minds in the last uh, 60 (laughs) seconds and it's not easy to play (laughs) at Foxborough (laughs) and uh, yeah I was thought you were going to say it's not easy to go to Foxborough in December as well where I have been uh, in the nosebleed seats at that uh, time of year and that is uh, (laughs) a long old night (laughs) don't worry the coaches boxes are even higher up than that so they don't make it easy yeah, on you are. yeah 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 <laughs> um let's go to uh let's talk saints then so you know their season much like the steelers uh completely derailed with the drew Brees news and uh, the suggestion is that new orleans are going to be without drew Brees for at least six weeks maybe longer yeah which is it it's tough on them especially this young into the season you really want to be getting some momentum um and you know, Drew Brees is obviously your your Hall of Fame quarterback, and to have him at the helm makes such a difference to the team. So it's going to be a tough job going forward. I think it's just going to be a bit shaky. But um, Peyton's, Coach Payton's saying, because he's got obviously Teddy Bridgewater, who's the, the logical, dependable mm-hmm. choice, and really I think one of the best backups in the NFL. 
uh, at the moment. And then Taysom Hill's the wild card, and he's being quite coy about who's going to get what reps. So that's going to be an interesting one to play out. Yeah, I mean, they said that they've had Bridgewater in in terms of getting him ready to take over this role. I think, like we went back to the beginning, he just wasn't expecting it to happen so soon. So it, has he actually been preparing enough to slot in and, and fill those shoes? Tough place to go, uh, of course, Seattle. Uh, uh, did you ever do Did you do a game on the road in Seattle? We didn't. No, okay. We never really made it over to the West Coast, to right. be honest. Yeah, Texas yeah. was as far as I went. <laughs> it's a, a tough place to play for for obvious reasons. And, and the Seahawks, one of those two and O teams at the moment that, uh, uh, again, I think uh, maybe surprising a few people that this happened last year, didn't it? A lot of people said Seattle are, uh, they've jumped the shark now, they'll go six and ten. And of course, they made the playoffs. They had the benefit of, of the Steelers last week with. Ben going out and they almost lost that game. But do you think this will be more straightforward for them because of the the lack of Drew Brees or which way do you see it going? Um, I do think it'll be more straightforward for them. For me, they have to sort out their penalties. There were so many penalties in that game. And I think that I'm sure Coach Pete Carroll will be on top of them about it. But I mean, the amount of yards they lost that would have made that cushion a lot more comfortable for yeah, them. Yeah. Um, so I, I would still say Saints on this one. What about you? I'm taking Seahawks. I'm going, I mean, sorry, oh, Seahawks. Say, oh, oh, now darn she it. Changes darn her mind. it. We've got I to circled stop. it. Uh, <laughs> okay. oh, there is proof of that. Okay, so we're both going Seahawks. What about Steelers 49ers? So maybe there'll be some dis- distinction here. So Mason Rudolph in now under the gun. And then the players seem to like him. They were very vocal after um, the game that, yeah, he's our guy. He looked good and... Uh, and you think he really grew into the role as the game went on, don't you? Definitely. And you could see him making better decisions and, and just being more confident in the pocket as it went forward. I mean, right. I couldn't imagine being a quarterback thrown in there and now going against these huge 300-pound guys coming to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That's their number one aim, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I was really impressed with him, actually. I think he really developed throughout the game. There is, I guess, issues across this Steelers office, not just at the quarterback position, the loss of Antonio Brown has affected the, the impact of Juju Smith-Schuster. It's not just whether he can jump into a number one role, but the fact that you don't have Antonio Brown getting double coverage, opening things up, and, and someone coming up underneath as, as a strong number two. Uh, James Connor struggling a little bit compared to what he did last season coming in for Le'Veon Bell. Had a difficult game last weekend against the Seahawks. Um, but there is still talent in the mix there. Um, the 49ers going 2-0. and uh, again, one of those teams that I think uh, surprised a lot of people to have that record. I've always been, let's all cool our jets on writing off Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that was crazy talk saying, oh, he's, you know, he's a, a hell of a player that was maybe struggling with a few things, but I don't think became a bad player overnight. Uh, and uh, he had a more capable game against the Bengals last weekend, three touchdowns in that mix. So he's starting to get up to the Jimmy G that we saw yeah. early on in his career. And there's a, a huge amount of talent around and Matt Breeder as well. So I like the 49ers at home here. I think they go 3-0. Yeah, I'm going to say 49ers as well. Uh, I think they did a good job. I mean, the Steelers defense is a tough one, but I mean... Their running backs were doing great things in the game. They had some pretty impressive screens for quite a lot of yards. So I'm going to say 49ers. Okay. Uh, this might be the game that divides us. Texas Chargers. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. So I'll just throw it out there. I'm going to say Texans on this. Okay. We finally get to disagree because I'm going Chargers. Okay. Put your case for the Texans forward. So for me, uh, I just think that first off, having the development that Watson's had, um, you know, he's got, he's so quick. Like he's just been incredible. Uh, you've got Kenny Stills there. Uh, I just feel they're going to 
they're going to mess with Rivers a little bit. Um, you know, I really appreciate Rivers and what he does. He pretty much gets the line and just changes everything and points here, go there, and then that's it. Yeah. Uh, but I think that the Texans really want this. I think Merciless has been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and they're just looking to come after him yes. every time. Yeah. And coming off, the, that's a key phrase because obviously what they haven't done particularly well is protect Deshaun Watson this season. And as we were talking earlier on, that, that some of that's on Watson, some of it, some of it isn't. And the Chargers didn't get much going on against the Lions. No sacks, in fact, on, on Matt Stafford in that game. So I think that's where the game is going to be decided if they can get a bit more action up front and get in his face a bit more, which you think is possible with this offensive line. Yeah. I think that that is going to mean a longer afternoon for Deshaun Watson. Uh, than others. Uh, and I think Austin Eckler stepping up now as well, n- not really missing Melvin Gordon as a result. No. Um, I like the charges. I like the charges in this one. So we disagree on that one. You go Texans, I go charges. Perfect. What about <laughs> Monday Night Football, the Bears Redskins? That's in Washington, of course. And uh, the Redskins 0-2, a horrendous start to the season for them. Uh, Case Keenum uh, was always going to be a placeholder, I guess, and uh, is is performances are kind of living up to that they're okay they're not really going to change the world um adrian peterson back in getting more reps of course because of injuries got a touchdown but very little else last last weekend uh, and the bears certainly uh, an improvement on what we saw on the opening night uh, of the season but still concerns over mitch trubisky aren't there yeah i think that just from my point of view it seems like mitch trubisky sometimes struggles with reading um, in terms of making the right decision. So it'd be interesting to see how he does going against the Redskins. I saw an interesting fact that the Bears haven't actually won against the Redskins in 16 years. Wow, really? Yeah, so I, I don't know if that's going to maybe tip me a little bit in terms of my decision making. You go to Washington. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to. Oh, yeah. I guess with a, face with a stat like that, you see, I look on the flip side of that and think those streaks have to end at some point. Yeah. So I'm going Bears. You yeah. go Redskins? Yeah, All absolutely. Right. <laughs> okay. Panthers, Cardinals. Now, a lot of question marks about Cam Newton's fitness and the time of recording this, Ron Rivera, to use the phrase I used earlier on, with Sean Payton being very coy about who might be under the gun from the start of the season before the start of the season people we knew there were going to be concerns or there were concerns about Cam Newton's fitness and he clearly isn't himself but here they are the Panthers 0-2 they are one defeat away already from their season almost certainly being done after just a couple of weeks it's crazy we thought these guys were going to contend yeah exactly and even their defense hasn't been up to par you know it's not that Panthers defense that we're so used to Um, for me like Luke Keekley is one of my favorite players and he's not even been himself so I'm not really quite sure what's going on there Uh, you know McCaffrey's had a few good runs but nothing like again the Panthers team that we've seen in the past unfortunately what he did barely hit 40 yards and you know yeah so are we saying that Kyler Murray and the Cardinals get the home win here? I don't know if I can quite give it to them yet. I, I'm going to say Panthers on this one. I'm going Cardinals. I'm backing Kyler because of the uncertainty. <laughs> I don't know who's going to be under the gun. It yeah. might be Kyle Allen, right? That could get exactly. messy. Okay, let's rattle through the others quickly because I want to find out what you're up to as well back in uh, the UK before uh, we wrap. So giants Bucks. I'm going to say Bucks. Of course, the new, uh, the new era begins for the Giants, but I agree with you. I think Jameis yeah. and the Bucks get it done. Uh, they might live, I think they might live to regret benching Eli Manning so soon. I don't think it was the right move. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and I know we had a little conversation earlier about is he a Hall of Fame quarterback or how yeah. does that work going forwards? I mean, 
it's hard because he definitely is, as an overall picture, a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. But it's it's a, a bitter taste to be left with at this moment. It's a good point you make that it's you know that's what they always used to you know teach you with uh, with stand up is like start strong, finish strong. It doesn't really matter what happens yeah. in between. And Manning <laughs> has failed to, to do that, obviously. But I think he has to be a Hall of Fame quarterback with two rings. But I Mike was on the show on Wednesday and he was begging to differ. Uh, uh, I'm sure it's it's one that's going to divide opinion for uh, for months and, and years to come until it's resolved either way. Okay, so we're both going bucks there. Bengals, Bills? You know the answer to this one. <laughs> I would be too scared to say anything <laughs> other than Buffalo in this one as well. Uh, I know. I, I'm loving the Bills this season. And I'm not just saying that for your benefit as well. I love the franchise. I think they're one of the greats. One of, you know, the biggest honors of my uh, career was working with Jim Kelly. You know, when he came in to one of the uh, Wembley games we were doing for the Beam. Yeah. And, you know, those... Are great because you get to meet some of the all-time greats in the game and and that is uh, you know for me as a, a kid who fell in love with this incredible sport uh and you know used to get weekly newspapers and have to wait till tuesday to get the score you uh. know jim kelly was one of those massive players that in my youth and then of course everything he's gone through off the field and what he stands for yeah. just an absolute heavyweight and uh i love buffalo uh, uh and but remember a few years back there was talk of maybe the Bills might be one of those teams that relocates and the idea of that and the team coming out of Buffalo is just not fathomable. So um, I am a, a, a sneaky under the radar Bill's uh, Bill support. <laughs> support maybe stretching it too far, but certainly, <laughs> certainly advocate. And uh, because you're in the house, Phoebe, of course, so I'm going Thanks. Bills on that one. Uh, who haven't we picked? <laughs> Dolphins, Cowboys. Oh gosh. Cowboys yeah. all the way. Messy. I mean, <laughs> another time we'll talk about the situation yeah. in Miami because that is a horrendous Broncos Packers. Packers, their defense looking serious. I know that they let Minnesota back into that game, but I can't see, I can't see Denver getting anything going here. No, definitely. I'm with you on that. Packers all the way. Packers all the way. Falcons, Colts. Ooh, Falcons. Falcons. I think the Colts quarterback situation, getting used to that. Um, I, I have to say, I mean, watching Julio and uh, Mohamed Sanu the other week. Oh my gosh, they were on fire together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I always pick the Falcons. They let me down. So <laughs> this, what's going to happen this week is I'm going to pick the Colts and Atlanta and will win it comprehensively. So yeah, I'm going Colts on that one. I think we've picked everything unless... Uh, Eagles, Lions. <gasps> Eagles, Lions. Mm. Mm, interesting. Well, the Eagles are banged up, of course, aren't they? They've got yeah. a number of injury issues. Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, they could be really depleted here. So I fancy Detroit for the road win. Perfect. I've gone with Eagles for there it. There you go. <laughs> There's enough point of separation now. I think that's everything. There we go. Well, we will find out. We're going to post our picks on social media uh, and uh, come Monday. Well, we picked the Monday Night Football game. So come Tuesday morning, we'll know who's won. I think it's, it's pretty likely it's going to be Phoebes. Uh, yeah. Why don't you guys fire in as well at the NC Show. Uh, put your picks up against ours and see how well uh, you fare. It's great to see you. Phoebe. Hey, before we let you go, find out what you're up to now because you are wearing all kinds of hats at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so doing things with the UK Dukes, which is going around the country and into Europe trying to build up the sport, uh, working with IFAF to try and get flag football into yeah. the 2028 Olympics, which is that really exciting. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the, I mean, is it early days or what's the general? Yeah. So we're early days in it. We just have to go through some random protocol and processes in order to make sure there's enough countries playing the sport as well. Um, but all of that kind of circles back to actually having Great Britain be one of the leading forefront countries in terms of delivering information and, and educating coaches going forward. So I'm just doing the maths here. So 2028, my boys who really want to get into flag football, uh, 
They're the perfect age. It's time you could be coaching them in the Olympics. Yeah. I'm loving this. Absolutely. Where do they get it? So where do, where do I look to get them into it? And indeed all our listeners that want to get into flag football, what should they do? So if you just go to British American Football Association, just go to their website. You can find a team near you and get involved. If you want to get involved in coaching, refereeing, anything like that just go there and we'll help you as best as possible so making it happen over here and a lot of serious stuff going on but are you tempted maybe to look back across the pond and head back stateside at some point oh it is so tempting i definitely miss the entire lifestyle you know waking up early and and being around people that are constantly trying to get better every single day it's uh there's no atmosphere like that. And just seeing them doing so well, you know, it's it's watching my family out there yeah, every yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Um, you keeping in touch? Absolutely. We're messaging all the time. I harass them every week and <laughs> it, I'm going to go out there and see some of the games. So oh, I'm, I'm excited to see them and I, it's vice versa as well. <laughs> well, it's great to see you. And the good news, of course, in terms of you being back in the UK is we could get to see more of you as well. So hopefully you'll come back later on this season. Uh, tell us how you're getting on. It'd be great to see you again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure for you. Always great to catch up with Phoebe. Terrific to see her back over here in the UK. And uh, that's good news for us because it means we'll catch up with her a lot, hopefully during the season. Incidentally, if you're enjoying the shows, if you enjoyed this show, uh, do us a massive favor and head over to your podcatcher of choice, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to the show and leave us a review. We'd really appreciate that. And incidentally, big shout out to our sponsors, Paddy Power Fantasy, really appreciating their support this season and they got a super short contest on this sunday's 6 p.m games free to enter as well gang the top 1500 players win a prize a thousand pounds for first place how about that such paddy power fantasy pick your team best of luck there hey and it's not all about luck if you check out our saturday daily fantasy show me and the og ollie Gill dropping in tomorrow morning well it'll get you set for sunday's daily fantasy contest i'll release that as a video as well over on espn uk's channel and indeed some of the chat with phoebe's pushed out across our social channels as well at the nc show facebook instagram twitter we'll drop it on the espn uk youtube channel as well if you go want to go and watch uh, a bit of that terrific stuff enjoy the football this weekend gang we're back with four more episodes next week see you then bye for now Podcast Network.